Hey, it's Mindy. I wanted to let you know that my Heart Path Retreat is coming up and you are not going to want to miss it, especially since this year you can attend from the comfort of your own home. This is the 2020 special, right? <laughs> this is actually going to be the 10th Heart Path, but the first time ever that we are doing a live virtual experience. Learn more at heartpathretreats.com. Get registered today and you will get more clarity, more courage, and more conviction by learning how to get out of your head and into your heart. I cannot wait to see you there. Heartpathretreats.com. All right, all right, let's get to the show. Join me on my journey as I explore wealth in all areas of life. I'm your host, Mindy Kinnis, and this is The Lucrative Society. All right, my friends, today I have such a delightful, exciting, amazing guest on this show. I am so excited to introduce you all to my dear friend, Natalie Ledwell. Natalie, thanks so much for joining me. Wow, it's an absolute pleasure, darling. Any chance that we can get to chat, it's, it's always a good time. <laughs> I feel exactly the same way about you. So like I said before we started the recording, I'm just, I'm really excited for so many different reasons. And what I would love is for you to give our listeners a little bit about who you are. You have done so many different things and you are like rocking the world as far as I'm concerned, worldwide audience, like huge, massive success. But bring us back. Tell us how you got started and kind of just the broad brushstrokes to get us up to today. Right. So um, I'm obviously Australian. You can tell from my accent. My, I was married for 20 years to Glenn, uh, and Glenn and I are still business partners, even though we've not been a married couple since 2013. But we, uh, we, we were married for 20 years, and, and we were serial entrepreneurs, all different types of businesses, you know, from nightclubs to coffee franchises to health food, like, you know, you name it. And then uh, when The Secret came out in 2006, we got one of the original versions of that movie. You know, Esther Hicks was still in the original version. And of course, the law of attraction and understanding that was like the missing piece that we had, because you know we were had a lot of action. We would, you know, had all these multiple businesses. We had four businesses at the same time, but still weren't quite getting ahead. And so, understanding the principles of the law of attraction kind of was that missing piece that we needed. And then, not long after that, a friend approached us with this idea, um, and he'd created this little movie that uh, was his version of a vision board. You know, and a vision board, as you know, is like a visualization tool, which is very important when you're listening to the law of attraction, that you can see where you're supposed to, where you want to go and feel what it's like to be there. So this movie was like PowerPoint slides with affirmations on them, with photos in between the PowerPoint slides and then music. Uh, so it was like this dynamic moving thing. And I'm like, dude, that's so cool. Like, you have to show me how to make one of those. And so uh, not long after that, he approached Glenn and I and said, look, you know, I'd like to go into business with you guys. Let's set up a website. Um, you know, that some of the instructions for people around the world can make these movies. And uh, we, like I said, had four businesses, so they didn't really need another one. And Glenn could hardly turn on the computer at the time. And I had even, hadn't even heard of YouTube. <laughs> and this is 2007. Um, so, yeah, so we, we started from there. And, uh, you know, we, we, we kind of worked our way through. Then we realized you could buy programs that teach you how to do the internet marketing thing. You know, we bought a program from Frank Kern which was our, you know, he's a legend in those circles. And so uh, we implemented one idea from his program, Mass Control, and went, oh, my God, made our investment back. 
And so uh, he announced he was doing a live event in San Diego in, in April of 2008. And so uh, we decided, you know, because in Glenn's original mind movie, one of his affirmations was, we live in an endless summer. And so <laughs> next you know, we come over to San Diego. Uh, we went to that event. Uh, we were accepted into Frank's mastermind group. And uh, we spent six months just working 10, 12-hour days from our bedroom in this little apartment that we rented underneath the flight path of San Diego Airport. Um, and, uh, and so by the time we got to our launch, which was September 2008, also when the economic crisis hit the planet, that's when, you know, we'd, we'd accumulated $120,000 on credit cards. You know, we, we were like, fingers crossed this is going to work. And we ended up doing like a $700,000 launch you know, during a very uh, strained economic climate in the world. That is amazing. Yeah, it, it, and our program was $100. It was $97. It was, you know, so it, it was just one of those things. So obviously when COVID hit and, and you know, when we, it, I remember having a meeting with our team just and uh, going, look, guys, it's okay. Your jobs are safe. Um, you know, we, we go, look, we don't know what's going to happen. We really can't predict anything, but we know that our business is built for a time like this. And our business was born in a time like this. So, um, yeah, and now we've, we've reached 6 million people around the world. Um, and we're just about to go into schools. My, my first U.S. school will be implementing my uh, social-emotional learning curriculum. I, I do the training on Tuesday. So it's, uh, you know, it's pretty exciting. So we, we've, we've really gone from struggling to whatever, but then just applying everything that we know from all of our business acumen, um, our law of attraction, our personal development, um, and everything, every experience that we've had in business leading up to this point, we've applied to this business. We've been doing this for 12 years now and uh, have no desire to stop. You know, it's the first business that we've got involved with that we didn't go, okay, what's our investment? What's our return investment? What's our exit strategy? You know, before we just seem to like go through the motions, but this is like, no, we're home. Oh. I love that so much. And I so resonate too. Like I was starting out, I started my business in 2007, left corporate America in 2008. And then, you know, the shit hit the fan. <laughs> so I'm, I'm right there with you. And I have to tell you this, I don't, I'm sure you know this, but I have a very dear place in my heart for you and for Glenn, because you guys were there at my engagement. And the thing that very specifically about you guys is Glenn, totally got me drunk afterward. Like <laughs> him. No, like I can't think about Glenn without thinking about that experience because I don't even drink that much, nor do I like ever really get drunk, but I, I don't know what happened that night. Anyway, it was a great time. So tell me this, because really my whole concept in starting this show was about looking at my own journey to wealth and all the struggles and the frustrations and the issues that came up around that, both externally, like great recessions and all that, and mostly my internal mindset. So I'd love to hear from you, Natalie, what has kind of the evolution been of your wealth consciousness or your just wealth mentality? Yeah, so I, um, you know, like most of us, completely unaware that I had any kind of limiting beliefs around money. <laughs> but I grew up in a family of eight children in a country town uh, in Australia, and we were always struggling with money. So to think that I would have that kind of childhood experience and not have any of it rub off on me or influence me in any way was just crazy. <laughs> um, so I have done quite a lot of work on that. 
Uh, and it's interesting how when we look at, you know, first of all, we know that with our programming, you know, especially between the ages of two and six, when we're in theta brainwave activity, we're very impressionable at that time. Um, but uh, even growing up, like, and there's always seems to be layers to this as well. You know, uh, originally I'm like, okay, I acknowledge that I have some living beliefs around money and I was able to release that. Um, I realized that, you know, with Glenn and I, whenever we talk about money, it'd always be like this angsty kind of stressful conversation, which it didn't ever need to be. But I realized, oh, I'm subconsciously emulating my parents' behavior because that's how they were around money. You know, so I was able to release that. And then, you know, even now and just recently, my movies is a very successful company. We've been doing really well, but I kind of hit a ceiling. And, um, and, then, and when I'm sort of doing some work on that and trying to figure out where this is coming from, because our money, how we see money, it sometimes is interrelated with our relationships and it's interrelated with our self-worth and it's interrelated with all these other areas in our life. Um, and I realized that, you know, I, I you know, was trying to bring in a, a love relationship but I was subconsciously sabotaging myself because I thought if I do that, then it's going to affect my money and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, so it, it's, it was, it's been quite the journey to be able to uncover all of this and realize how different behavior patterns that we have that aren't necessary for our highest good are always connected to these deeper subconscious programs. Um, and then if you can follow the breadcrumbs back to where that's coming from, then you're like, oh, now I see that. Um, and for me, my, my process of releasing it is really just, first of all, acknowledging it. Um, the second of all is, uh, and I, I go through a process of, of releasing and forgiving. So, you know, forgiving either my parents for whatever, for forgiving myself. Um, you know, like for a while there, I kind of lost my mojo. And I'm like, why? I'm feeling like I'm the obligation ex-wife to Glenn and, you know, and not even acknowledging the, um, the contribution I make to our company. Mm. Most people go, but you're the face. I'm like, but for some reason in my mind, I, you know, I've had this whole thing. Well, but that's not as valuable as the marketing. So, you know, I'm just oh. into face kind of thing. So having to un unravel all of that and see where all that's coming from. So then, uh, so then once I've done my forgiveness work, which most of it's on myself, then I go, okay, well, what am I replacing this behavior with? You know, what am I replacing the, these thoughts with? You know, how am I acting differently? Because, you know, you can look at, okay, this wasn't working and this is not, not great, but the more we focus on that, the more we're still perpetuating that behaviour. So I'm like, I need to decide what I'm going to be replacing that behaviour with to make sure that, um, you know, we, uh, that I'm focusing on the positive and what it is that I want to do so that I'm, you know, moving forward from that energy. Yeah, such an important reminder. Like this is a constant ongoing journey for most of us. Now, I want to ask you about this because I feel like, as a listener, people might be like, wait, what? Like, so they got divorced, but they're still working together. And that sounds pretty amicable. Now I know you too. So I just think, yeah, like that's what they're doing. But can you talk a little bit about how, how that is going or how that was, you know, what were there challenges in that? I mean, I imagine there were. Well, yeah, not really. Um, and I think the reason for that was that, you know, I, I think two years before our marriage ended, you know, we had a conversation and I'm like, look, I, I think, I think this is over. Like, you know, we, we hadn't been intimate for a while and I'm like, you know, we're not going to be that couple, are we? And we just seem to have grown apart and, you know, and Glenn's like, no, no, it's not what I want. It's not what I want. I'm like, okay. But, you know, we, we had basically grown apart 
And even though every other aspect of our life was amazing, like the successful business and the travel and the friends and the everything, but just, there was just one piece. And so even when, you know, and the catalyst of how we, we, we separate is that Glenn had met somebody else. But even in that moment, I was just, first I was relieved because I'm like, you know, well, I'm, I can see this is over. This is kind of good. I mean, yes, I was upset, obviously. Um, but I said to him, I said, look, it's okay. We, we're going to be okay. We'll get through this. Um, because I knew that I also had a big contribution to that as well. And so probably the next two years, is my whole journey was, what was my contribution to the end of my marriage? How did I show up in that? And where was it coming from? You know, because I think while we were together, I didn't really have the ability to see underneath the symptoms. So something would show up and we'd have a fight or whatever. And then so we talk about that, but we didn't kind of get underneath and go, but where is that coming from? And why did we see that, you know? Um, and so I, you know, I did the Hoffman process and I did a whole bunch of stuff. And of course, since then I've done plant medicine and the whole thing. So I've really gone on a really deep personal um, exploration as to, you know, why I was showing up and really taking responsibility for my contribution to that, you know, and Glenn, I mean, Glenn and I, we're still such good friends. You know, we trust each other more than any other person on the planet. You know, we're fantastic business partners. We've always had complementary skill sets. You know, he's the marketing genius and I'm the teacher, I'm the face. So it kind of works really well together. Um, and we always have each other's backs. So it, it's interesting to, to go to, through that transition where it's like we, I know, to be honest with you, I believe that we're soulmates um, and that we were always destined to be together. There's no doubt about that. Um, and I've been told several times we've been, you know, in past lives together, if, if that's what you believe in. But um, we're just not meant to be married anymore. So, you know, it's like with my podcast, the name of the podcast is not over, just different. Mm. The term that I coined when Glenn and I separate, I'm like, well, we're not over. We just transition into something different. And which is perfect for both of us at this time of our life. Natalie, I mean, one of the bajillion things that I love about you is just by doing you and showing up and, and really doing the work yourself, all those different things that you mentioned, you allow or, or give people permission, and not that they need it, but some people feel like they need it, to be like, you can create this however you want to create this. There are no rules about what this should be or is supposed to be or whatever. So props to you guys for just doing that. I adore you guys. So I have this framework that I ask every guest on this show. It's called HERB, H-E-R-B. And how, hey, how do you pronounce that? In, in Australia, I know British people say herb. It's herb, like herb. herb. <laughs> this is what I love about this. It's like we're talking about herb, herb, you know, in the U.S. is a man's name. <laughs> but all the same stuff, H-E-R-B. So the H stands for habits. What are some of the habits that you either do consistently daily or weekly, monthly, whatever it might be, that really just allow you to show up as your best self yeah i mean for me it's all about the morning foundation and i don't like to do the same thing every day you know i do a lot of work with dr joe Dispenza, and uh he talks about you know when you get up and you're doing the same routine every day driving the same way to work having the same morning routine you know and you're just living the same day over and over again uh, so the components of my morning routine are always the same but the order in which I do them will always change um, and so my components are definitely meditation 
Um, so there's sometimes I do that early. Like if I wake up at five, I'm like, ah, oh, I may as well meditate, you know. <laughs> um, or sometimes I'll, you know, wake up and, and because fitness is a big thing for me right now because, you know, I'm suffering from the COVID-15, you know, the 15 pounds of during COVID. Um, so, I mean, I've started now that um, exercise is my number one priority, so I'll get up and that's, you know, what I'm doing. So exercise, meditation. Um, I'm always listening to either an audiobook or a podcast or something. Like I like to listen to something when I'm exercising because it, I've got all these endorphins and serotonin and everything going through my body anyway, and I get a lot of brilliant ideas and I'm combining the two of those things together. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously a really healthy smoothie or something for breakfast. And, uh, and normally what I do is when I take Bella, my little puppy out, um, that's my little uh, action or my little trigger to fall into my gratefuls. Mm. So, you know, rather I do write in a journal every once in a while, not as, as frequently as I, I used to, but that taking her out is that when I just fall into that. And it's, it's not just like I'm grateful for this and grateful for that. I actually, when I'm doing that walk, I'm acknowledging everything that went well the day before, all the little wins that I had, you know, and as well as, you know, being grateful for, for all the bigger things, you know, I get a little bit specific on, you know, any interaction. Like I'll, I'll go back to some of the phone calls I had on and just go, I just, I just love how that transpired that way or how grateful I am that that person is in my life or, or whatever that is. So I'm kind of making it specific to, you know, the day before so that, um, you know, I'm, I'm really marinating in that, in that emotion of, of um, gratefulness. Yeah. I mean, that's how I feel right now. So, <laughs> so moving to the E, the E stands for environment. And one of the things that I love about you is you're very intentional about things like artwork. It's not like, oh, I just have this thing and I need to put something on the wall. Like I watched you on social media be very deliberate about things like that. So with this environment question, like what do you allow in? What do you not allow into your environment? How do you create your space? Right. Well, I, um, I, I bought my apartment about a year and a half ago and completely gutted it and renovated. So I used a lot of um, natural, uh, you know, things like stone and marble and, so I've got a lot of, you know, it's very neutral tones, but it's all very natural, you know, materials, and which is, was, is, is important to me. And, of course, a lot of the artwork I have is actually Aboriginal. Um, from, and I've, some of them I've had pieces I've had commissioned specifically and others, you know, I've, I've picked up along the way. Uh, so that is always, always very important as well. But um, when I had my housewarming, um, it was actually a house blessing. Mm, I like that. So I had 25 of my girlfriends come in and my girlfriend, Zena, who owns um, Magic Hour Tea, she did a full tea ceremony for us all. And I asked um, all of my girlfriends, I said, please don't bring gifts, but just bring something of meaning to put on my altar because I want to be able to infuse my home with the energy of you. And so I have um, some beautiful, like meaningful little um, crystals and things that I have on. I've actually got two altars. I had, had so many things come in. So <laughs> for me, it's all about um, the flow, the light, uh, natural, you know, natural things and, and then things that are of meaning to me, you know. So even though things may look a little bit mismatched, it's like, it's okay because this is, this. when I see this, I feel a certain way. Yeah, so, I mean, that's the thing is like, how does it make you feel? That's so important. So I really appreciate that. So the R, and this one, I'm going to butt in and say the resource should be Mind Movies. Y'all should check out Mind Movies for sure. So we'll link to that later. But 
what resources, and resources could be books, programs, mentors, whatever, what resources have really impacted you in your journey that you would recommend to others? Definitely mind movies, obviously. Um, and I make mind movies all the time. I've actually made three new ones since COVID hit. So, you know, I'm always looking at, at doing that. And um, so mind movies is a big thing. Um, I do read a lot, but I listen to my books rather than, than reading. Um, and before COVID hit, I used to drive a lot. So yeah. and I don't be listening to something in the car. So, And most of the books that I listen to now, like I said, uh, I, I work with Joe Dispenza a lot. So um, a lot of and the Bruce Lipton, you know, Biology Belief and, and um, you know, all Joe's books are, are amazing and awesome. But I, I'll try and listen to something that's always going to be expanding, you know, where I am at that time. And sometimes it's on influence, sometimes it's, you know, on expansion myself. I always have a coach, always. And so I, each year I normally change into a new, to a new person. Uh, so uh, for me, that's super important. Um, and so I always recommend that, that if you're not in a course or something that you've, you've purchased online, definitely make sure that you, um, that you connect with someone that can, you know, help you see what you can't see. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, she's gnarly. Like, I, I'll, my sessions with her, we'll sit down and she goes, okay, what's happening? And sometimes nothing's happening. And she goes, all right. And she goes, okay, universe wants me to tell you this. And then we just go straight for the jugular. It's like, whoa. <laughs> so um, yeah, being able to use this time very productively, you know, to, to clear a lot of, a, a lot of you know, stuff that I, that, that, that I didn't even realize was there. And that's the thing when we're talking about our subconscious work. You know, it's things that it's, it's our blind spot. And sometimes it's things that we don't want to look at and something, sometimes it's things that we don't want to admit to. Um, but until we can face it and, and be, you know, and, and move through the emotion or the disappointment or the hurt or whatever that was attached to these previous events that are keeping us stuck there, then we just stay there. So, so true, so true. <laughs> so to wrap up this framework, the B in herb or herb stands for beliefs. And I want to know about what are some of your core beliefs or the way that you see the world or the way that you perceive things that then allow you to create the reality that you create? Yeah, I think uh, the biggest lesson that I've learned in the last year or two is um, surrender. And by surrender, I mean actually embodying, understanding, making decisions and living from a place where I know that the universe is always working for my highest good, um, that I can create anything in my reality that I want. Um, it may not come to me the way I think it's going to, and it may not look the way I think it's going to, but what's going to show up for me is what is meant to show up for me. And it's going to happen in divine timing. And so when I can really be in that place where I can release all of my stress or frustration or you know, impatience around things wanting to happen, I know it's coming. I know it's coming. Like, you know, last year I, I was really, you know, with my, my curriculum for schools, I was so impatient. I said to my coach, I'm like, why isn't this happening yet? Like, this should be happening by now. It's been years. And she's like, well, you know, it's not the time. And I'm like, I know it's not the time. You know, and of course now it's, it's the perfect time. So, and we know that there were so many changes that's happened in this last year that needed to happen for us to, to be the people that needed to be to propel this thing forward. So that's been a big big shift for me, you know, kind of relaxing and living from that space. Yeah, you know, it's so much easier when we don't try to control all of these little details that we really don't have control over 
Anyway, and I love what you said about when things show up and it's like not what you were expecting or not the way, or maybe it doesn't look like you were expecting. The story I always use for that is when I had on my kind of wish list of my partner, my mate, who I was looking for, I said that person had to be less than, because you know me, I'm not very tall. So I said that person has to be less than 5'8". Well, I didn't, I didn't put any minimum on that. I didn't say like between five foot and five eight. So like I get Sean, you know, the, the three foot giant and I'm like, okay, perfect. <laughs> but let me tell you, it was not what I was expecting. <laughs> uh, but what a gift, right? <laughs> what a gift. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, better than I could have anticipated overall. So I, that's so, so helpful. Now, if you could go back in time and maybe talk a little bit about sometime when for you it was potentially a rock bottom situation like we all have challenges we all go through stuff would you be willing to share a story of just one of the the lowest lows and maybe how you came out of that you know um for me it was my 30s it was a whole decade <laughs> <laughs> all 10 years <laughs> i actually refer to this time as my beige years i was so numbed out and so unhappy and I brought all of, all of it on myself. Mm. You know, I'd been through, like I was, my first career was in the fitness industry and, you know, and I worked in the industry for 11 years and just felt really good about myself. And, and then, you know, I met Glenn and then we bought a nightclub and then life went sideways for a little bit and I got spat out the other side of that and I picked up a whole bunch of, you know, um, bad lifestyle habits and, and I was kind of really beating myself up about that. And, um, and I realized that by doing that, I was keeping myself stuck because I'm blaming, you know, the lifestyle, I'm blaming Glenn, I'm blaming all these, you know, these things that the, were outside of me. Whereas if I had it just gone, look, it happened, it's cool, it's great. Just because you had, you know, bad lifestyle habits then, it doesn't mean that that has to continue through to here. And it kept me stuck. It kept me stuck in this place that, you know, that I couldn't see out of. And it wasn't until my movies came along and I'm we like I was 39 by the time my movies opportunity came along that I started to feel alive again and started to get back into things and feeling good about myself. I'm like, oh, like all that time is because I just kept myself stuck in this thing where I'd made up all these stories. And once you have these stories, then that's the lens that you always look through. So events will start to show up for you. And even though you, you know, they, it is a certain event, you see it through that lens and so all of a sudden you're going, see, you don't love me or, you know, this is bad or, you know, blah, 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 blah. And you make up all these, these crazy things. So it was, uh, it, was a, it was a decade that I, I don't regret because I can see, like, I've become so much stronger because of that. And, of course, you know, having that experience really helps me as a transformational leader to have empathy for the people that I'm working with. You know, it's not like I've always been successful every single minute of my life. It's, you know, I have been through some rough times. And I think that's what helps to um, make me a better teacher. You know? Yeah. And also, I mean, you are essentially a, a product of your product. The fact that you still use Mind Movies yourself and are making new ones, you know, even this year, like you mentioned, I think that speaks volumes to not just the power of the product, but you as a person that is continuously growing, learning, developing. So props on all of that. So I want to get back to this, this central conversation for me and central struggle for me. And, and I say that like 
past tense was because I'm continuously working my way out of that, not so much focusing on it as a struggle, but it as a like, hmm, let's figure this out more. I want to ask you, how would you define wealth from your current position and perspective? How do you define what wealth is? Well, wealth is more than just money. And for me, I think that uh, because I create my wealth through what I believe is my life's purpose, I don't have to focus on the money. You know, like I said, in our beiges, like we were having all these different businesses and we're going through the motions and, you know, it was all transactional. Mm. Um, and so it was always a struggle. But now that I've got to this place where I have this exceptionally fulfilling and, and passionate work that I do, and uh, I don't have to worry about the money, you know, because it, it is a, it's, you know, part of wealth. And wealth for me is, is obviously the money. It is obviously what it is that I do. It is the amount of people that I have in my life and the friendships I have and the, and the you know, the richness of that. Um, it's everything. You know, it's, it's having a, like this whole COVID situation. I, I understand that there's a lot of people that don't have the experience that I'm having. You know, yes, this is a common thing, but we are all experiencing it differently. And so, you know, I, I, I acknowledge that, yes, you know, because of my wealth and because of the work that I've done and to, to get to this point that I'm, you know, I get to experience it differently. Um, and then always being in, in gratitude for all of it, like always acknowledging it. So, yeah, for me, and, and I think before, again, it's like before I understood the law of attraction, it was like, okay, how do I earn this money? Like how am I, but I was always like, how, how, how? Um, and then I realized I don't, I don't have to worry too much about that because as long as I know where I'm going to head and I see myself already there, then it's going, to, it's going to happen. It's going to come to fruition. And yes, I need to take action. I need to take the inspired actions and, and do all of that as I go through it. But I understand now that I can release all of my stress around it because I know where I'm going and where I'm ending up. And I feel really good about who I am and how I'm you know, fulfilling my purpose in the world. So. so what would you say to somebody, and I'm going to use myself from like 12, 13 years ago, because I would have said at that time, Natalie, I understand everything you're saying. I get the law of attraction. I get all of that. I feel like I'm on my purpose. And yet, it's just not firing off for me. Or if it's not, it's not working. I mean, because I then ended up so far, overwhelmingly, optimistically making dumb decisions <laughs> based on like, ah, but I, I'm thinking positively and I'm feeling good and whatever that I landed myself living out of my office and, you know, all these other financial issues. What would you have said? I mean, I wish I knew you back then, but what would you have said to me knowing what you know now to Mindy circa 13 years ago? Yeah. I mean, I think the, the formula that Gwen and I have had so much success with is that, you know, we've done the hard yards. We, we know how to run a business and the thing is you have to combine the two of these things together. You know, um, we, one of the smartest things we did when we started Mind Movies was join Frank Cohn's mastermind group. We surrounded ourselves with people who knew what they were doing that could give us the right kind of advice and support. So we had acknowledgement and validation and support every single step of the way. You know, we knew enough about business and about life and about, you know, all those kind of things to already have that covered. But then the extra skills and, and knowledge that we needed we knew that we were able to get that. 
And then when you combine all of that together, like, you know, we had a mind movie for that launch, like that we would all watch all the time. And so you've got, yes, you've got all the, the business acumen, you've got your action, um, and then you've got, you know, your visualizations and all those kind of things. And it's all of those things combined that's going to really, that's what created quantum success for us. We went from being okay and struggling a bit because maybe we were living the lifestyle before we could afford it um, to having monumental success, like in a really short period of time. You know, so you've got to combine all of those things together. And the thing is, if you don't know, then there are plenty of places you can go to find out the information and get supported. You know? 100%. I mean, that, that has then been my journey. Like I had all that mindset stuff before and now I'm like, wait, but I didn't know what I was doing in business. <laughs> so that has been what I've developed over the last decade or so to get to a completely different point. So 100% agree with everything that you just said. And I also wish that I would have known you sooner. So maybe <laughs> that would have been different. But again, it's all perfect. Apparently what I needed. So Natalie, if our listeners are interested in learning more about you or what you're up to or mind movies, where can I send them to? Yeah. If they just go to mindmovies.com. So mindmovies.com is our main website. Um, there, there's a lot of free content. Um, you can get access to the podcast, not over just different from there as well. Um, and you can actually download six pre-made mind movies uh, for free. So these give you a great idea of, you know, of what it is that you wanted to be able to create in your life. You know, if you're watching the Wealth Mind movie, then you start to go, yeah, well, this is what wealth means to me. This is what my life will look like when I get to that point. And they will really be helpful for that. And uh, and access to any of our programs there as well. So it's the hub. The hub. Amazing. So definitely go check that out, everyone, because there's so much good stuff there. I know that. Natalie, I've shared with you, my dad was like, you know Natalie Ledwell? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> she's a friend of mine because he does mind movies. And I'm always encouraging him, pretty much everybody else I know, to like do the work because it's all this internal stuff. So I can't tell you how much I appreciate you and your time today. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure to subscribe to The Lucrative Society on iTunes. And please leave a review of the podcast. Visit lucra.com for transcripts and resources or to become a member of the Lucrative Society where I coach purpose-based entrepreneurs on business, mindset, and heartset. Lucra, where wealth equals well-being.